As mothers, we all struggle one way or another because the juggle is real. We fall short of our own standard of excellence and then we feel insecure about not being the perfect wife, to have the perfect kids, the perfect husband, the perfect home, the perfect friends, the perfect marriage, and a perfect body. Today, my guest, Jill Savage, will be talking about no more being perfect. Jill Savage is an author and speaker who is passionate about relationships. She has been called one of today's most exciting female speakers her honest, engaging communication is strengthened by her ability to make her audience laugh while they learn. Jill is the host of the No More Perfect podcast and the author of 14 books, including Empty Nest, Full Life, the best-selling No More Perfect Moms, No More Perfect Kids, just to name a few. Welcome to the Gems of Motherhood. I'm your host, Sharon Khan. I'm here to connect you with some amazing gems of mothers and professionals from all walks of life. Each week, you'll hear interviews and resources and actionable tips that you can implement in your daily life to be the best gem God has called you to be. Thanks for walking this journey with me today, and don't forget to subscribe to the show. Welcome to the Gems of Motherhood, Jill. It's so good to have you on the show. Well, thank you. It's good to be with you. Yes, it's exciting. Today, we're going to have an awesome topic. And uh, I feel like I think a lot of moms, especially first-time moms as well, naturally fall into the trap into wanting to be perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I want to hear from you, you know, why do you think so many mothers feel the pressure of having the need to be perfect? Well, I think that one of the the places that it has um, that we've kind of gotten this idea is uh, the role that social media and our connection online now mm -hmm. gives us with each other. You know, I mean, I, I do think in general, we have this human tendency to compare and, you know, back in the 1950s, I think women did compare, but the, the deal there was that you know, if you were trying to keep up with the Joneses, you only mm -hmm. saw the Joneses once a week at church. Now you see the Joneses every time you log on to Instagram or right. Facebook, or, you know, and <laughs> so we're just so much more connected and we are seeing what I call other people's outsides. And what we're doing is we're comparing our insides to mm -hmm. their outsides. And that is causing this thing that I call the perfection infection. Mm. When we and, and when we have the perfection infection, it's when we have unrealistic expectations of ourselves and we unfairly compare ourselves to others. Mm, I love that. Perfection, infection, perfection. Mm -hmm. perfection, infection. Wow. That is so true because when you look at Instagram and like you said, people are comparing what's inside to the outside. Why do you think that kind of comparison even begin? I mean, we're all beautifully and wonderfully made in the image of Christ. And obviously there are some who are more confident mothers and some who are a little bit less confident mothers. And I'm sure it all also stems about who you truly know yourself and who God created you to be. From your point of view, why do you think these comparisons really happen? And I'm sure Instagram or Facebook doesn't help when they have 
hashtags Christian motherhood, you know, Christian moms and or motherhood. And you see a mom with their perfect life. <laughs> right, right. And so I think one of the, I think honestly, it comes out of a good place, Sharon. Mm-hmm. I think that it comes out of a good place because we want to be the best mom we can be. Okay. Mm -hmm. We want to be the best wife we can be. So I think we turn to things like Instagram and Facebook at times to also improve ourselves, to learn things. And that's helpful if we can remember that we're all made different and what works for one person might not work for another. But oftentimes what happens is we get sucked in and we start that comparison game when really all we wanted to do was maybe uh, pursue excellence. Mm -hmm. And so pursuing excellence is good. And I think that God calls us to pursue excellence. But what we don't realize is that we can trip over from excellence into perfection Mm -hmm. without even realizing it. Mm. Mm, so true. Now, you know, pursuing that excellence, I mean, yes, you're right. You know, God has called us to pursue the excellences. And I love the fact that you said sometimes we, you know, may naturally not even realize it. Now, do you think it's it's an expectations versus the reality sort of thing? I think that's a be, uh, definitely a piece of it. I And I think that, that compa- when we compare insides to outsides, mm-hmm we are setting up unrealistic expectations. So we see, in fact, when I speak I uh, and I speak on the topic of the perfection infection, here's something that I do. I, I throw up a picture of my family on the mm-hmm. screen, on the PowerPoint. And I say, hey, look at this. This is a great picture. And it is. It's a really good picture of my family. Okay. And everybody's smiling. We're all color coordinated. Even the the younger grandchildren, they're all smiling. And so you look at that. And if that's all I share with you, you will compare the insides of your family to the outsides of my family. Mm. And you will come up with wrong conclusions. So what I tell people is I'm not going to let you do that. So let me share some of the insides of my family. And I start going through each member of my family and some of the places where they've had struggles. Mm. Um, I throw up a picture of my husband and I, and I talk about the crisis our marriage went through 10 years ago when my husband, my pastor husband had an affair Mm -hmm. and we had to put the wheels back on the bus. I throw up a picture of me with no hair, completely bald. And I talk about having breast cancer. And then I throw that perfect picture back up on the screen. And I'm like, now do you see that picture differently? Because now you're going to compare the insides of your family to some of the insides of my family. And we're really not so different after all. Uh So I think that what happens is without all that back information, When we're not sharing, when we're only using social media to share the good stuff and not the hard stuff, Mm -hmm. then yes, it is setting up unrealistic expectations for others Mm -hmm. and it is changing our, or when we see that and somebody doesn't share the backstory, then it, it skews our expectations of what reality should look like. Right. 
Now, I, I know we were talking about, you know, um, the expectations and the perfect imperfections and basing off on social media. But I've also met mothers who, you know, just face to face, who basically have a veil covered and feel like they do still need to be the perfect mother with the perfect kids, the perfect family, you know, being the perfect wife. Why do you think that is, you know, not just, you know, not looking at social media itself, but just the person in itself, presentation of the person itself. Well, I think a lot of this can often go back to our childhood Mm. without even realizing it. Uh, Maybe we grew up in a home where if you got a report card, if you got a B on your report card, that was not okay. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you were so, you worked so hard. You got five A's and two B's and you worked so hard for those B's and you brought it home. And then mom and dad looked at it and said, wow, check out five A's. But why are these B's like Mm -hmm. that's, you know, that's not okay. And, and what your parents were trying to do is they were trying to spur you on to do your best, but without realizing it, you got infected with a perfection infection on a day like that. So, so you got, you got that message that good or excellent isn't Mm. enough. Perfection is what is required. Mm. And so you carry those messages. We unknowingly carry them into our uh, you know, into our adulthood. Mm-hmm. Uh, so some of that happens with that. Sometimes it is um, our birth order. It's that type A driven high achiever personality. Maybe you were a firstborn or maybe it's just personality and temperament. You know, some of us just really struggle with failure. Mm. And, um, and, and we struggle being honest about our failures. Maybe we grew up in a home where you kept, you didn't talk about the bad stuff. You just, you could only talk about the good stuff and we don't talk about the bad stuff and we don't share our secrets. And, and so you learned Mm -hmm. uh, to keep quiet and to only present the good stuff. Mm, I love it. I love what you just shared because it's true. Sometimes um, childhood can really affect our lives being as mothers and being adults. Now, how can we help these mothers through? Because being perfect is almost like a stronghold. And how, how can they overcome this stronghold? Yes. Well, I think number one, one of the things that we need to all do is we need to start sharing a lot more honestly on social media, in our mom's groups, and just when we're having coffee with another mom, you know, we just need to share more honestly. I remember one day I was, it was a crazy season of life. I can be a real clutter bug when life gets too busy and it had gotten that way. And my bedroom was a pit. I mean, clothes everywhere, mm-hmm. you know, clean clothes that need to be folded, dirty clothes that should have been put in the hamper. I mean, it was, it was bad. And I remember thinking to myself, okay, this weekend I'm declaring war on this bedroom. Like I'm getting it cleaned <laughs> up. Right. And then I stopped myself at the doorway and I thought I'm taking a picture of this. I'm going to put it on Facebook. And I, I did. I took a picture and all I said is, this is my current reality. What's yours? (laughs) I'm going to tell you what I, that is the closest thing to a viral post I have ever had. (laughs) 
It really was. People, moms went crazy and they were posting pictures of their car. Mm -hmm. They were posting pictures of their toy room. They were posting pictures of their kitchen sink. They were posting pictures of their bathroom and going, this is my reality. This is my reality. Mm -hmm. This is, and thank you so much. Thank you so much. So I think that we just need to be a lot more honest about the good stuff, but also the hard stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's, that's a beautiful gift we can give to ourselves, but we can also give to others. The second thing that I think that we can do is that when we do see those perfect pictures Mm -hmm. or we see a woman, let's say we're in the checkout line at the grocery store and there's somebody in front of us and man, it looks like she's just, her kids are acting perfect. And she has, I mean, she looks perfect. She has a perfect body. She has, you know, her makeup is, and and we're standing behind her and we're like this hot mess, you know, we're just a complete hot mess. And that's that moment where comparison wants to creep in. Right. Mm-hmm. And so in that moment, what we have to learn to say is she has a backstory. I don't know. She has pain in her life mm-hmm. that I can't see right now. And what that does is it plants us on the firm foundation of reality and pulls us away from the ledge of comparison. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, I find I still ha- I preach that to myself. Mm-hmm. I, I wrote about it in my No More Perfect Moms book. Um, I wrote about it in a book that I did on women's friendships um, mm-hmm. called Better Together, because a lot of times what keeps us from forging friendships with other women is all of that comparison. Right. And so we have to learn how to say to ourselves, preach it to ourselves. She has a backstory. I don't know. They yeah. have a backstory. I don't know. Maybe you see a couple at church and on Sunday and, and they're just always the perfect couple. Um, they have a backstory. You don't know. They have mm-hmm. pain in their life. They have struggles just like you do. And e- even if you don't see them, mm-hmm. they are there. Mm-hmm. What's number three? Um, oh <laughs> goodness. I lost it. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, 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 that's fine. (laughs) We can come back. (laughs) Yeah. All of a sudden I have lost it. So sorry about that. No worries. No worries. Now we were talking about, you know, how childhood could affect how being a mom. Now, how can we help ourselves in order for us not to translate our behavior to our children? Because obviously in trying to be the perfect mother, and sometimes, you know, like you said earlier, we when we pursue excellence, we naturally would fall into the trap of perfection. Yes. And when we fall into that trap, we may not even necessarily know it. And then it translates into parenting, mothering. Yes. How can we stop ourselves from that? Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a couple of ways. The first way is we can be more honest with our children about Mm -hmm. our mistakes. You know, we can let them know that mommy messed up. Mm -hmm. Mommy made a mistake. I'm so sorry. Mommy didn't handle that situation very well. Will you please forgive me? I think that goes a long way Mm -hmm. in helping our kids to know that they don't have to be 
perfect. I just saw somewhere, it was a a short little um, interview with a gal who had become pregnant as a teenager and did not feel like she could talk to her parents about it because she felt like her parents were perfect. Mm. She never heard any of the stories of their struggles. Mm. She never heard any of the places where they made mistakes when they were teenagers or they made mistakes when they even as adults. Mm -hmm. And so she didn't feel like that she was safe to be able to have that conversation with them. So I think that sharing our own stories goes a long way. And the second thing that I think is important is, is ask yourself, is it safe to fail in my home? Mm. Is it safe for my kids to fail? And uh, that was a question I had to ask myself because my book, No More Perfect Moms, looks at what happens when the perfection infection invades our life. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we have unrealistic expectations of ourselves and we unfairly compare ourselves to others. My book, No More Perfect Kids, looks at what happens when the perfection infection invades our parenting. Right. And we have unrealistic expectations of our kids and we unfairly compare our kids to others. Mm-hmm. And who are we comparing them to? Maybe it's the their sibling that's easier to parent. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's that child, that imagined child in your head that you were just sure they were going to be and they have never showed up. You know, they, <laughs> they are completely different than what you thought. So I think that we have to ask our ourselves, is it safe to fail? Is it safe to be different in our family? Because if it is, you're kicking the perfection infection out. But if it's not safe to fail, in in other words, if everything in is about, is about punishment and consequences, Mm -hmm. and it's an angry home, then it isn't safe to fail. Mm. Um, if we, uh, if our kids are only getting our affection when they are behaving well, and we are withdrawing our affection when they don't behave well, mm-hmm. then we're sending a message that the only way that you get my affection is for you to be perfect. Mm. See, I know most of us would say, I'm not intending to send that message. Right. But the reality is oftentimes we are making statements with our uh, non, sometimes with our verbal, uh, the things that we say, but a lot of times with our nonverbals with our kids as well. Mm. Now, let's talk about some examples how we naturally could translate to our children. You talked about whether is it safe to fail. Can you share some example of what it means to be safe to failing? Sure. Yeah, that's a great question. All right. So my granddaughter loves to bake, Mm -hmm. right? She's uh, 10 years old and she loves to bake. And um, when she bakes, she has in the past started a recipe and then realized that she didn't have all the ingredients, mm-hmm. okay? Which we've all done that at mm-hmm. one time or another, right? If her mother says to her, 
Rylan, you are always doing this. You have to start paying attention to what it is that you are wanting to cook and you have to look at the big picture and you have to, you have to stop this. Mm -hmm. That is not safe to make a mistake because that is a very shaming tone of voice and Rylan's in, in big trouble. Mm. However, if she says, oh, did you do that again? Oh, goodness. So what is an important lesson to learn from this? Mm. And then for Ryland to go, I need to look at all. I need to look at the whole recipe and I need to make sure that we have all of the ingredients. And her mom goes, yep, yep, you sure do. Is there any way I can help you with that? Or is there anything that you could do to be reminded of that yourself? And and then you have a conversation about it. Mm-hmm. Now it's completely safe for Rylan to fail Mm. in, in her efforts in the kitchen. Mm. That's a good example. Yeah. And I think um, it's so easy for us to fall in the trap of shaming. Um, I mean, because we're frustrated too, (laughs) let's be honest, right? We're frustrated. And so, but what we have to do is, in fact, this is one of the things that I sometimes, um, I encourage moms. I say, when the mommy monster is about to show up, okay, when the mommy monster is about to show up, pause, ponder and proceed. Okay. Pause, ponder, and proceed. Well, what does pause? Sometimes what I need to do in that moment is I need to step outside, like (laughs) literally. And let me tell you, even if it's in the middle of the winter and it's super cold outside, it's, it's actually effective. You only need to step outside for about five seconds. Okay. (laughs) So take a deep breath. And I mean, you might, you know, let's say that happens in the kitchen and you're ready to go, Rylan, are you kidding me? You go, oh, Rylan, hang on just a second. I'll be right there. And you step outside and you take a deep breath and you shoot up what I call an arrow prayer. Lord, my daughter's heart is tender. Help me to handle this with tenderness. Okay. And then you ponder, is this going to matter in 10 years? Because mm-hmm. a lot of times we make mountains out of molehills. Like right. We make a bigger deal out of something. We cause conflict that didn't need to be there. Yeah. And then you proceed, you know, you lead them well. Right. Yeah. I started asking myself that question. Is that going to matter in 10 years? Yes. Or does it really matter if this is the way she wants to do it? Or is it the way that mommy wants to do it as long as it gets done? You know? Yes. Yes. (laughs) So important. So important. And sometimes you do go, the answer to it is it does matter in 10 years. Like if if your child is refusing to pick up their toys Mm -hmm. and they are challenging your authority, guess what? That does matter in 10 years. Right. Because someday then if you don't nip that Mm -hmm. in the bud, then someday they may challenge the authority of their boss, (laughs) you know, or they may challenge the authority of their teachers at Mm -hmm. school. And, and, um, and so you may go, Hey, yeah, this is something that will matter in 10 years, but we're going to go back and we're going to lead well through it instead of just trying to shut it down. Mm. 
Because yeah. when we try to shut things down, that's when we use our anger to control. And that's when it becomes unsafe. Right. And I think that also places confusion to the child as well, because then it's like, well, it's mommy's way. How about my own thinking? Like, I can't think for myself. Yes. And that's, an, <laughs> that's a message we don't want to send to our children. Right. Because... Honestly, you know, one of the things Mark and I do, my husband and I do, is we do a ton of marriage coaching and we mm-hmm. we specialize in helping couples that are in crisis. And, you know, when we dig in with people, I mean, you wouldn't believe the number of couples that have issues because um, one of them will not engage in making decisions or they are fearful of making decisions. And mm. when you... When you dig back, you realize they grew up in a home where they were robbed of the opportunity to make decisions. Mm. They had a parent that was overbearing or a parent that said, you you don't do this right. Move over. I'm going right. to do it. And so we don't want to send those kind of messages to our kids because we want them to be empowered. It Honestly, the best thing we can do is ask a lot more questions mm-hmm. than what most of us do. Right. Um, now, I mean, we're not we're not talking about when they're toddlers, when they're toddlers, things are a little more black and white. But as they start growing older, yeah, helping them to start thinking for themselves and mm-hmm. inviting them to make those decisions. So very important. Oh, that's great. Now, I'm glad you brought up the subject of marriage because, I mean, we're talking about, you know, um, not being the perfect mother not being the not having the perfect kids now do you think that just wanting to be a perfect mother the perfect woman having the perfect kids would also fall in a trap of me wanting to have the perfect marriage being the perfect wife oh yeah and how does that really affect the marriage well the biggest way it affects the marriage is that you have unrealistic expectations Mm. and when you have so here's the, the deal. The space between unrealistic expectations and reality, the space between that is discontentment. Mm. So if you have unrealistic expectations of marriage in general or unrealistic expectations of your spouse, you are constantly disappointed. Mm. You're constantly disappointed in your marriage. You're constantly disappointed in your spouse. And so you sit in that disappointment day in, day out, day in, day out. And that disappointment becomes discouragement. It becomes disillusionment. And then it becomes disconnection. And so where do we get unrealistic expectations? You know, uh, uh, honestly, some of it comes from social media. Some of it comes from the movies we watch, you know, where they solve life's biggest problems in two hours or less. Um, Some of it comes, (laughs) some of it comes from the romance novels we read, right? right? And I'm not anti-romance novels and I'm not anti, you know, movies, but what I am is, Hey, we got to pay attention to the messages, the unintentional messages that get sent Mm -hmm. our way. Or in the midst of that, we have to remind ourselves, this is fiction. This is a story. This isn't reality. (laughs) 
And so I think that a lot of times that's what happens. And that I, I certainly, when we are dealing with couples in crisis, we are often dealing with one or both partners having unrealistic expectations of mm-hmm. marriage, unrealistic expectations of how much you have to deal with differences, mm-hmm. unrealistic expectations about conflict. You know, um, my, my husband and I, we came from opposite ends of the spectrum on conflict. He grew up where conflict was handled with rage and anger in the home that he grew up in. For me, well, we like to believe we didn't have any conflict. Right. So it was all swept under the rug. Well, then I had an unrealistic expectation about conflict in marriage because I thought you don't have conflict in marriage. I never saw my parents have conflict. Mm -hmm. So I had this unrealistic expectation that we wouldn't have conflict. And by the way, that got shot down on our honeymoon. Thank you very much. (laughs) That fast. (laughs) Yes. And not only that, okay, I have to tell you this story. So here we were, we were on our honeymoon. We were camping in the Rocky Mountains, Mm -hmm. tent camping in the Rocky Mountains. We're setting up the tent in the rain and we get sideways with each other. I don't even, to this day, neither one of us can remember what happened, but we got sideways and I got ticked and I started hiking up the mountain from where we were in the rain, Mm -hmm. crying (laughs) on your honeymoon, on my honeymoon. (laughs) And I keep looking back behind me and going, where is he? Where is he? Where is he? And he never, like, he never chased me. Right. And I came back, finally worked my way back. I'm, you know, as you can imagine, like my, you know, my hair is like completely wet and I'm, I'm soaked to the bone. And I say to him, you didn't chase me. (laughs) And he goes, no, I was glad you left. (laughs) And I was like, you're supposed to chase me. Like the movies. (laughs) Exactly. So where have I gotten that? From the movies. And so that's how unrealistic expectations are born. And and we don't even realize it. Yeah. Now we're talking about unrealistic expectations. So what are some actionable tips can you suggest for women and mothers to lead a more realistic life? Yes. Do not watch movies. (laughs) (laughs) No, you don't have to stay away from movies, but you do have to talk to yourself while you watch them. Mm-hmm. You do have to have some conversations like, you know, um, well, look, that guy doesn't leave his underwear on the floor and <laughs> mine does, you know, and then you go, that's because it wasn't written in the script for him to leave his underwear on the floor. <laughs> That's not reality. So we need to talk about that kind of stuff to ourselves. We need to remind ourselves this is a fiction book. Okay. This is a movie. So I think that's one. Um, And it kind of goes along with the same idea as she has a backstory. I don't know. When you see other married couples and you're not seeing what's hard about their marriage, Mm -hmm. again, remind yourself. Um, But I think another way is that To ask yourself, a lot of times people go, how do I know if my expectations are unrealistic? Mm -hmm. What I encourage people to do is ask yourself to evaluate who or what you are most disappointed in. Mm -hmm. Who are you most angry with 
disappointed with, frustrated with. And if you find yourself that you are always frustrated with your husband and, and I'm not talking about when there's a really unhealthy situation going on. Okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's different. You know, I talked to a mom last night and her husband is, has some huge addiction issues. Mm -hmm. So alcohol, drug addiction, she's dealing with that all the time. And that I'm not talking about extreme situations, but I am talking about a guy that's a good guy but you are always frustrated with him. Mm -hmm. Yes. You're always harping on him. He never does things right. And quite frankly, he feels that Mm -hmm. he feels like he gets in trouble all the time. And that's the place where we have to go. Do I have, we have to recognize, I'm pretty sure I have some pretty unrealistic expectations because I am always disappointed. I am always focused on what he doesn't do instead of what he does do. All right. Um, Another way that we can uh, evaluate our expectations is um, we need to recognize that other people will do things differently, Mm -hmm. but that those differences aren't wrong. Uh, A perfect example of this would be filling the dishwasher. Okay. So I'm, if you have a dishwasher and you fill it, I'm sure that you fill it a certain way and you have certain strategies because you can get the most dishes in there or they come the cleanest or whatever. I'm sure you have your reasons why, but guess what? There are other ways of filling the dishwasher. Yeah. And it's likely that your spouse or even older children are going to find some of those other ways. Right. And it's going to frustrate you. And then you're going to be critical of them. Mm -hmm. Here's what I've learned. Never sacrifice your marriage on the altar of efficiency. Mm. Never sacrifice your marriage, your parenting on the altar of efficiency. Mm -hmm. You got to let some things go. You got to let them be who they are and not get raked over the coals for every little human thing or different thing that they do. Yeah. You just, you know, you see it and you might cringe and you might be tempted to go and fix it after they're not looking. (laughs) Don't you dare. Don't you dare. Cause they know it. Uh Don't even do it. Cause they'll tell themselves, you know what? It doesn't matter anyway. I can't make mom happy. I can't make my wife happy. So you don't, you just simply say, Thank you so much for filling the dishwasher and you close it and you start it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And yeah, I think um, those are such great example because I think it happens in all marriages. I mean, you know, just oh, for yeah. example, like my husband and I, we both clean differently and he gets mad at me. <laughs> he gets mad at the way I clean. I mean, he thinks yep. he cleans better and he probably does. And so I've come to the point where, okay, you're going to clean. All right. I'm just going to let you clean. <laughs> just sit right. Back. Right. (laughs) That way we avoid the conflict and I'll just leave because I know you'll get mad at me that I'm making a mess in the house. (laughs) I mean, we do, we get to those places where we kind of give up. So, you know, when we're in situations like that, one of the things we can do is recognize that maybe our division of duties, like when something is really important to someone to be Mm -hmm. done a certain way, then maybe they just take over the duty on that. 
Cause right. like if it, 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 you know, for the other partner, it doesn't matter to them. Mm-hmm. And so we go, you know what, why don't you just own that? Because you really like it done a certain way. And, and then you have to be okay with owning it. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. you can't, you can't then complain and go, well, I never get any help with this because it was determined that you like it done a certain way. So that's fine. You can Mm -hmm. own it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great, Jill. Well, we're we're almost at the end of the show, but I would love to hear, you know, is there anything else that you would like to share with other gems of mothers out there? Oh, goodness. You know, I would say, um, One of the hardest things for us to do, I think right now is to be in the present moment Mm -hmm. with our children. And that's because there's so many distractions, right? I mean, we carry these little computers in our back pocket um, and we call them phones, but Mm -hmm. they're computers, right? And, um, and they are, it's so, it's so nice to have that. But if we're not careful, it, you know, we can take our kids to the park and then we're sitting there, you know, texting with someone or um, we're uh, searching the web or mm-hmm. on social media and we're missing being in the moment and our children are missing getting our full attention. So I would just say um, any way that you can begin to recognize those places where you are being drawn away from the moment and, and you can start to recognize those. um, I think that that is probably one of the most important things we can do as moms, as grandmothers. I mean, I have to, I'm preaching that to myself because yeah. you know, and I, I, I have that the same temptation when I'm with my grandkids um, to, to, you know, answer a text or, or uh, look away right when they're saying, mommy, look at this, Nana, look at this. Right. So um, I think that would be um, the only other one. And the last thing I would, uh, I would say is, you are not a perfect parent because mm-hmm. none of us are. Right. Um, this is where the grace of God, forgiveness comes into play, as well as learning from um, our mistakes along the way. But what I want you to know is you are not a perfect parent, but you are the perfect parent mm-hmm. for your child. Right. Amen. You're the one that God designed for your child to have, and you need to embrace that. Mm, That's awesome advice. Thank you so much, Jill. It's really, really such a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you. Absolutely. Now, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Gems of Motherhood podcast. If you're wanting to connect more with amazing gems of mothers and more resources, head over to gemsofmotherhood.com where you can subscribe to the show. That's where you'll find show notes with actionable tips and any links mentioned by our guest. Most importantly, I hope you'll find inspiration and learn to cultivate your own journey. You are loved. You're an incredible gem to God. He knows you intimately. He knows what you're going through and he knows what you need. Remember, you're fearfully and wonderfully made in him. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode.